0: Today, um, I, what I do is um, just share um, three things that I think the cross means for us, and that we can take away from the cross. Um, and, um, and I hope and is that maybe one of them in particular um, will stand out to us, or be something that maybe we have not thought about or focused on for a while, well and that we can take that um, into our weeks and be comfortable by it. So, um, before before I start, let's let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the chance to gather here today. Um, thank you uh, for the incredible plan that you have for all of us and the amazing uh, life that Jesus led, um, the example he set, and his obedience to your will, God, and his incredible sacrifice at the cross for us. I pray today that you'd help us to focus on that, uh, focus on the cross, God, and be uh, encouraged, filled with joy and peace that comes from you uh, because of this, God. Praise in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So, um, the first thing I'd like to mention is that the cross shows how much we are loved by God. So the first thing is, and it's such a kind of simple and fundamental point, but it's a demonstration of how much God loves us. People sometimes say things like, you know, don't judge people by what they say, but judge them by what they do, kind of thing. Not that we should necessarily be judging people, but you know, the point of that that saying alludes to is the fact that when people do things, you know, it's like actions speak a thousand words, when people do things, it shows their kind of nature a lot of the time, the way people behave. Mm-hmm. And I think when we maybe then apply that to Jesus and God, it's quite an incredible demonstration of how much He loves us that His own Son uh, went to the cross for us. Um, if you like to turn with me to 1 John chapter three, um, I'm just going to read um, verse one in 1 John three. But it says, "See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God." And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know him—sorry, uh, does not know us—is that it does not know him. Now, um, I don't know if any of you are. Um, fans of Louis Theroux's documentaries. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a very big fan. Um, he always goes and finds these really interesting. You know, there's often a kind of moral element of something that's quite grey area. So um, he recently did one about um, open adoption and marriage and things. There's all sorts of issues like that that he goes and he never expresses his opinion, he just presents something really interesting to you. And one that um, really stood out to me was he went to uh, Los Angeles and um, and basically went and spoke to loads of people that were on the Sex Offenders Register there. But, you know, it was... And I'll move on from this, but it wasn't... It was the the kind of less serious end. So it was often people who committed the more minor offences that would make them end up um, in that state. So it was, you know, like I said earlier, it was very interesting because a lot of these people were incredibly damaged and they weren't... They weren't quite the same as what you think of when you think of um, you know these kind of horrible crimes. But there was one guy who we spoke to in particular, where this guy just completely sort of broke down in, in the interview and just said that when he was when he'd grown up, he'd um, he'd been beaten by his father and he never he didn't know kind of what was love and what was hate when he was growing up. That was the kind of relationship that he had with his father. Um, and I think, and that just really struck me to being so sad that someone could. Not know that their father loved them. And it's just really sad. And the thing is, you know, the world it isn't uh, perfect, it's not as God intended, and, and you know, it's not, it's not necessarily the norm to just have a kind of normal loving relationship with the father. We all have different stories in this regard. But this verse really tells us that God, um, our heavenly father, has lavished us with love in a way that we can't ignore. Um, the fact that we've been adopted to sonship because of what Jesus did is such an incredible demonstration of that love. Um, so that's the first point to reflect on. Um, are you at a point in your week or your month or the run-up to Christmas where that could really re- like refresh you, thinking about how much God loves you? Maybe some relationships with bosses or even family members or disabilities or friends might make us feel that we're not loved as much but we can always come back to god um, and see that through jesus sacrifice he's lavished this incredible love on us Uh, another verse in 1 john um, if you just turn over to chapter 4 verse 9 to 10 it says this is how god showed his love among us he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him this is love not that we love god but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. The thing I love about this verse is when it says, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. It's like God kind of made the first move. So, you know, um, I I, I heard someone sort of use this, you know, very like generalizing analogy for the story of the Bible. And, And he said that, He basically said that when God created the world, you had God and man sort of facing each other in relationship, and it was, you know, good and perfect. And then in Genesis 3, when we have the fool, um, and sin enters the world, that's basically human beings turning away from God. And then, because God is holy and righteous, then he can't be with sin and and evil, so God turns from us. But then, God has made the first move, and God has turned back, and what he challenges us to do is to turn back and face him, because Mm of And the reason we can do that is because of Jesus' sacrifice. Um, and I just love that fact about God, that he, again, he, it shows how much he loves us. He made the first move. He didn't wait for us to kind of, I don't know, come to repentance or, or think about anything. He's just, he's, he's loved us like that always. And he, um, his whole plan has been in making the first move for us. Putting himself there and being, you know, as our loving father and just hoping that we would turn to him. Um, So, yeah, so firstly, God showed his love at the cross. Secondly, he showed that he loves so much that he makes the first move. And also, um, his love won't ever go away. It sticks to us. Um, In Romans 8, you don't have to turn there, but I'm sure you know this verse. In Romans 8, uh, 38-39, it says, uh, Paul says, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's just such a wonderful thought. Life changes and throws curveballs at us, but God's love doesn't change and with us. Um, so, as I kind of go on to my second um, thought. I just want to share this verse from Isaiah, which I think is a very nice little link for what we'll talk about next. Um, again, you don't have to turn there, but in Isaiah 1, chapter 18, because I, I saw, I, I read, um, I sort of am actually still currently trying to plough through Isaiah and with a comment, and it is quite um, heavy going at points when you get into various prophecies about all the nations and stuff that I've never heard of. But this is in chapter one, and I was kind of aware that there's a lot of a lot of you know, Isaiah had quite a uh, challenging and negative message for, the, for, the, for Israel and its leaders. But in, at the start of the book, with all this to come, in, in chapter 1, verse 18, um, it reads, Come, now let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. And it ties on with what I was just talking about, about how God makes this first move, um, I love the way that it kind of has God saying, "Come, let us settle this matter." God, He wants to right the wrong that has happened. Um, and then there's this wonderful imagery about, you know, the contrast between sin being red like scarlet and us becoming white like wool or white as snow. And so that leads me on to the second point, which is that thanks to the cross, we are forgiven. Um, and if you like to turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Um, I um, will just read verse 19 to 22, Hebrews 10. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. And having our bodies washed with pure water. So, yeah, so God's made this first move towards us, and now we can turn and draw near to Him thanks to the cross. Um, it talks about how Jesus is this great high priest who has enabled this to happen. Um, I, I don't know about you guys, but I think it's just part of being human that guilt can really be something that um, sticks with us. And, you know, when you've done something wrong, you. Um, you feel you just feel guilty, and you can't really get it out of your head that easily, necessarily. Um, I'm a big fan of, of a sitcom, of you may know or may not, called Peep Show with um, uh, David Mitchell and Robert Webb in it. Um, and there's just a and, and Robert Webb plays the character called Jeremy, who's just a complete like, moron, basically. <laughs> um, and basically, he's he he um, in one of the episodes, it's all very scandalous he ends up getting together with Mark's girlfriend. So Mark and Jeremy are best friends, and Jeremy goes and gets together with Mark's girlfriend. And then at the end, when it all comes out, and they're all having this big argument, and it's all very funny and everything, um, he says, his character says, yeah, I've just had this really weird feeling in my head. Like, oh, since it happened. And then David Mitchell's character says something, and he's called guilt, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's something that most of us feel quite a lot and, I really love that because it's just like a, you know, having a laugh about something that is all that we can all really relate to. That, that feeling of guilt is really terrible sometimes and it can almost be crippling in a way. But I love this verse because it says that uh, we have this new and living way open for us through um, Jesus uh, and that we can draw near to God and have our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and have our bodies washed with pure water. I think that's just such a wonderful Mm verse, such a wonderful message that um, our sins are forgiven, Mm -hmm. and um, that's what God offers to everyone, to all of you know every person on the planet, and that's such a wonderful message. Um, And I think for those of us that um, that know God and have known God for a while, or are looking to know God, that's something that we should never, yeah, we should never let that sort of slip and focus on other things over that you should always just take joy and comfort from the fact that we're forgiven it's such a simple thing but we're forgiven and our sins you know God doesn't see us um, doesn't when he looks at us he doesn't see our sins because of Jesus' sacrifice and I just think that's incredible um, and something that we can always um, reflect on I mean even um, kind of had a little, a little moment with guilt even yesterday, because um, Alice and I were making our plans about the weekend, and as I'm sure many people know, communicating things is really important. <laughs> and um, I and so there, there was a team night last night, and Alice mm-hmm. had asked whether I did come help, and I and I, I think I can't remember what my exact message was. I can't, I can't, I won't get it out now. But it was something like um. Oh, it might be a bit. It might be a bit early for me to get there, with various other things going on in my day. But that was all I said. And whereas in my head, I, about two hours later, I was like, "Oh, I don't, there's no way I'll be able to make it. I've just got to, you know, this, that, and everything to sort out, and I'd have to leave it at time, and it just won't work." But I just didn't say any of that. <laughs> and so poor old Alice sort of, uh, much later in the day, just suddenly got realised that I wasn't coming. Mm-hmm. And and because I not being clear in miscommunication. I felt a bit guilty for, for a while. And, um, and then um, when Alice just said a little message, being like, oh, you know, don't worry about it. You know, it just, it was, I was really struck, even though it's kind of a small thing, really, in comparison to, to guilt, the way guilt can sometimes affect us. But knowing that it wasn't actually, you know, hadn't done something truly terrible and that Alice had sort of forgiven me, it was a really nice feeling. It was just a small little dose oh, yes. of it. But the thing is, with God, it's it's like on a whole nother level. It's mm-hmm. a- anything that we ever have done and ever will do wrong, we've been forgiven for. And that's just such a wonderful thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so finally, uh, um, we've spoken about God showing his love for us and loving us, and the cross showing that forgiveness that it also brings. And the last thing that I'll just share a few thoughts about is, Um, the salvation and hope that we have because of the cross. Um, And we can stay in Hebrews for this one. Um, In chapter 6, verses 17 to 19, if you'd like to turn there, um, it says, so chapter 6, 17 to 19, Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this that's God did this so that, by two unchangeable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain, where Jesus, who went before us, has entered on our behalf. So this verse is... um, Great. If you haven't noticed. Hebrews is one of my favourite books in the Bible. <laughs> but I think the the writer just has such a gift for a for sort of explaining such deep things in such a wonderful and sort of encouraging way. Um, but I just love the idea of Jesus going to be in the inner sanctuary before us, um, and you know he's kind of there, interceding and mediating for us with God. And again, as I've touched on, that's why we are able to sort of have our relationship with God, um, but the hope that that brings, I think, is something that we can really let um, comfort us and be, uh, like, well, as it says, um, an anchor for the soul. We sing a song about that. It's called that a lot, um, and I think it was only recently that I actually read the first. And I was like, oh, that's where that's from. Yeah. And, you know, and it's it's nice because it, it makes me think about that song a bit more and, and actually reflect on the words because sometimes easy to just worship. And, and just sing, maybe just because you even know the words, just singing songs loads of times, so or just, or not thinking about what they say. But I um, know because of Jesus' incredible sacrifice for us, um, we have the hope of a salvation that without Him is just completely unattainable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's such a such a wonderful thing to hold on to. And I think maybe maybe that could be something that stands out. Maybe your soul doesn't feel very anchored at the moment. <laughs> mine doesn't. I've got, um, I've got a very important exam on Tuesday um, and, it's for, and I've been slightly going oh, if I failed, and it's the end of the world and you know, I feel like I have everything to lose and nothing to gain with it so I'm a bit like well, this is, this is really scary and, I, and you know, it can be tempting to just think oh, I'll just try and anchor my soul by revising the day and just staring at my notes. But, um, <laughs> but actually the thing is it doesn't matter in quite the same way mm-hmm. and when we stop to think about about what really matters, the hope that we can let anchor our soul comes from God and Jesus' sacrifice on the cross um, so with that um, I just want to wrap up by saying um, let me encourage you to think about the cross today as we fellowship um, later on and is there any part of it particularly that can refresh you particularly, anything that stands out maybe it's how it's such an amazing demonstration of God's love for us and how that's completely uh, non doesn't there's no discrimination it's for every single person ever Um, maybe it's the hope of the salvation that it offers or maybe it's simply just knowing that you're forgiven. sometimes we can forget that we're forgiven and we can feel guilty about things we've done wrong but um we can as it said in that verse we we can just allow ourselves to be cleansed from the consciences because of the cross. Um, so, with that, um, shall we worship God? No, we'll take a minute.